Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, North. So I'm going to read this. Eagle Eyes on Tech. I am Eagle Falcon. Ooh. You have no idea the week I had. You have no idea. But we're not here on this podcast today to talk about that. We, we can talk about that at twitch.tv slash Eagle Falcon. We're here to talk about the tech news. And there is quite a lot to talk about. Like, first off, TikTok d- deciding something that should have been blatantly obvious. That maybe, just maybe, they shouldn't be promoting teenagers making stupid videos that will haunt them for the rest of their lives. Just maybe the visibility of that should be turned down a little bit. No! Now, is this because TikTok suddenly had morals? No. It's because TikTok realized that in other countries they operate, like the United States, there are laws against having minors in such videos. Just saying. It's, it's kind of interesting that only now, only now, after how many years of TikTok being allowed to exist, which by the way, even though, even though TikTok has basically become the de- a de facto platform for doing what Vine couldn't, I still hate the fact it exists. There's just no other way for me to describe it. And it just annoys me. But here we are. TikTok actually having to care about what other countries think. Also, in other news, Gigabyte was hit with a ransomware attack, and that ransomware attack has caused documents that are a bit confidential regarding Intel and AMD to leak out. Whoops. Now, in all honesty, I don't think this is going to end up being a big deal. I'm just going to be perfectly honest. When all is said and done. In the end, Gigabyte is either going to pay off the ransomware attack because apparently that's the new hot thing to do. Did you know that when you're when your data is being held for ransom, the cool thing to do is to just pay the good fellows that held your data hostage instead of just saying F you and restoring it from backup and then telling those same people who tried to hold you for ransom to go pound sand? Nah, you shouldn't do that. You should pay them. I do not understand what is with all these tech companies just saying, yeah, we should just go ahead and uh, pay ransoms. And you know, in the case of Gigabyte, we don't know. We have no idea, except we probably do, and the news just got shoved under the rug and no, and I just didn't care enough to look. 
whether they paid the ransom. What we do know though, is Poly Network did in fact pay their ransom. Poly Network was hit with a ransomware attack and we're told that uh, they needed to go ahead and pay their hackers a large sum of Bitcoin. And by that, I mean $600 million in cryptocurrency was what the ransom was for. $600 million in cryptocurrency. But in a in a weird twist, after they went ahead and paid this off, after Poly Network paid them, the hackers returned almost half of the six hundred million. But this gets even weirder because Poly Network then tried to then offer a reward to the mysterious hackers as a bug bounty for finding this exploit that caused them to, be, to fall under this ransomware attack in the first place. Is this what Stockholm Syndrome looks like? I think this is what Stockholm Syndrome looks like. It's just such a bizarre story. There, it's just, it's, what, what else do you say to this? But in any case, Poly Network did try to offer $500,000 to the hackers as a reward for showing them the vulnerability. I just... Someone in chat says, I'd say don't use Poly Network. Yeah, no, I, I would say don't use Poly Network either because I don't know what the heck Poly Network is smoking over there. But, um... It is some very, very potent stuff, and I absolutely would not take any of it because it makes you do some really, really funny stuff. I'd also not want to know what the heck Gigabyte is smoking either, although it might, in fact, just be the magic smoke camera or their power supplies. Gamers Nexus has revealed someone in chat wants to know why does poly network look like the gamecube logo uh that's a very good question the answer is i don't know but um i'll just put it this way just in the off chance there is a connection between poly network and the gamecube if your gamecube tries to offer advice on how to spend money ignore your gamecube you should also ignore your GameCube if the GameCube itself starts talking to you. You also might want to see a psychiatrist if your GameCube starts talking to you. 
The GameCube is not the companion cube. Always remember that. The GameCube plays games, whereas the companion cube gives you everlasting love. Just as gigabyte power supplies give you explosions. Gamers Nexus was doing an investigative work into these gigabyte power supplies, specifically the models of the P750GM and the P850GM after these oddball power supplies were being paired through Newegg for free with GPUs. As in, if you wanted to go ahead and get a GPU from Newegg for a while, you had to also get one of these power supplies that were just thrown in for free. I mean, that sounds fine, right? Okay, you, you got a... You, you got a gaming card. Extra power supply with it, you know, just in case. You know, whatevs. Except for the part where this particular power supply... Well, I'm not going to give too much of the details because Gamers Nexus actually goes into great, great detail as to how these things failed. But basically, they would not trigger their overcurrent protection until way higher than what they're max rated for. Like overcurrent protection is supposed to trigger at about like 110%, I think. These weren't triggering until 130% of their load. And then they trip cutting power and whatnot. And then of course, stressing the power supply like that enough at that high of an overcurrent protection, you then start taking it to like even a basic 60% load. And then all of a sudden sparks fly and the magic smoke goes out. You also should not inhale this magic smoke because otherwise you will feel compelled to give money to, to ransomware attackers. This is clearly what I think happened to Poly Network. They inhaled too much gigabyte magic smoke. So, that is the story. And there is a half hour, or yeah, actually, yeah, a 30 minute episode of Gamers Nexus going into great detail about their testing methodology and what the heck was going on inside these power supplies. Like there were some details, like certain of these just had like just different components. Like they were just built with whatever was available at the time. But of course you're never gonna take out your power supply to go ahead and see it because well, You don't want to get shocked. You'd never take apart a power supply. And you shouldn't. Not unless you know what you're doing. Someone in chat says, will it explode? Um, yes. Capacitors will pop. It will cause a small explosion and it will spark. At least certain versions of this. And it'll do it under a 60% load. Which, by the way, it's being... These are being given away through Newegg... With the purchase of a 3070 or 3080. GPUs that have very swingy power draw. And could very, very easily stress the limits of your, of your power supply. 
by complete accident. But of course, Gigabyte couldn't just take their lumps or just do a responsible thing. Instead, we get a statement from them. Oh boy. So, here's what Gigabyte says. Their statement is as follows. This is actually from Friday. Gigabyte is aware of certain media outfits casting doubt over the quality of their power supply models, GP-P850GM and GP-P750GM. Gigabyte takes pride in the design and quality of their products and as such, takes reports of, of these matters extremely seriously and therefore would like to address the potential issues as follows. One, for desktop systems, there can occasionally be instances where the peak wattage can exceed the intended usage range. During such instances, the, giga, the gigabyte and then the model of the power, power supplies include the industry standard built-in safety feature over power protection. The OPP <laughs> PP safety feature is designed to shut down the unit when the power load exceeds the wattage the unit was designed to operate within. The OPP was set to 120% to 150%, 1,020 watts to 1,300 watts for the GP-P850 and 900 to 1,125 watts for the GP-P750GM. Let me interject. This already is way higher than most other overcurrent protections on other power supply vendors are. Like I said, normally you see about 110 to 115 set as your over as, as your OPP limit. They now admitted that yeah, we set to 120% to 150%. That's not healthy. Their statement continues. Gigabyte appreciates and takes into consideration any feedback and suggestions from our media partners and PC hardware professionals. We were made aware that the third parties, I'm sorry, we are aware, we were made aware by third parties of concerns regarding potential issues of the, and then the model of the power supplies tripping at high wattages when tested via DC electronic load equipment for extended lengths of time Repeatedly close to the 120% to 150% OPP trigger point. This level of extended testing could severely reduce the lifespan of the product and components of the power supply models. So here's what I'll tell you right off the bat. The only, I don't know about the other outlets, but the only other ones that I know of, the only people I know of that hooked up and showed their equipment testing, uh, these power supplies using a DC electronic load equipment was Gamers Nexus. They specifically said in their testing that they tested it under these load conditions for a half hour to an hour under each of their settings. First at a 40% load, then a 60% load, then 100% load, then 110, then 120, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. 
until they managed to trip OPP. If Gigabyte thinks that 30 minutes to an hour is extended testing time, then holy cow, nobody should tell Gigabyte about the amount of time people can spend gaming or how long an extended render can take or how long an extensive hard hitting load can be thrown onto a computer. And quite frankly, this statement from Gigabyte, if in fact the whole company stands behind this and it's not just like one PR idiot saying this, says volumes about Gigabyte as a company. Their statement continues to address these, excuse me, to address these potential issues raised by third parties, specifically those discovered during their testing via DC electronic load equipment for extended lengths of time, repeatedly close to 120, 150 OPP trigger point. Gigabyte has made the adjustments and lowered OPP on and then the models of the power supply units to the below values. Adjusted the OPB trigger point from 120% to, from the range of 120% to 110% to 120%, which it should have been in the first place because that's what's industry standard. It then continues on. They, they also do list like the specific wattage values, but let's be honest, you, you're not going to remember them. The percentages is the much better way to go. They did the same percentage change on both of them. Point four. Gigabyte highly values the confidence and trust and trust all our customers. Wait, am I reading this wrong or or they word this wrong? Let me try this again. Gigabyte highly values the confidence and trust all our customers have faith in our product quality and after sale services. Am I reading this wrong? I am reading this wrong. Gigabyte highly values the the confidence and trust all our customers to have in our, wait. Trust all our customers to have in our product quality after sales services. Why does this sentence make no sense to me? Like, clearly I've just added words in, but like, I'm trying to read this, this freaking sentence correctly. And it's just like, there should be words in here, shouldn't there? Gigabyte highly values the confidence and trust all our customers have in our product quality 
and after sale services. Regardless, I'm moving on. I think I'm like, I'm no, whatever. Gigabyte would like to stress the potential issue issues that were reported only seem to occur after a very long periods of extreme load testing via DC electronic load equipment and would not be typical of any real world usage. 0.5 gigabytes and then the model of the power supplies include industry standard power protection designs, OCP, OTP, OVP, OPP, UVP, and SCP safety variations from various countries ensure safe and stable operation of your system. That is Gigabyte's entire statement with me flubbing up words here and there. So here's my point. What is a very long time? That's what I first want to know, Gigabyte. What do you consider a very long time? Because if you think me putting a load on this PC here that I have right here, let's pretend that I have here a Gigabyte workstation instead of an HP one. Let's pretend I put a heavy load on this workstation and it's sitting here rendering, you know, six, seven, eight videos overnight for five hours maximum full bore going ahead getting all my youtube clips done and whatnot that i wanted to get done before my power got robbed from me and i had no internet and couldn't do this that and the other thing let's do i want to do that overnight is that considered an extremely long period of time because guess what that gpu max full bore that CPU, max, full bore. I would be taxing that system to the max. The other thing is that you've now admitted that your OPP trigger point was up to 30% higher than what literally everyone else does. The other thing is there's no mention here on why various models of this power supply seem to just have randomly different colored capacitors on the inside. That issue was not addressed at all. The fact that on the inside, these power supplies, which are modeled as the same model number, can be radically different on the inside guess what i give flack to samsung for doing the same sort of thing your samsung phone could have an exynos processor or a qualcomm one in guess what if you have exynos in there you are automatically getting an inferior product but you paid the same amount it's the same thing with these power supplies except instead of it just running 10 percent slower it might combust That's kind of an issue. 
I will also say that um, we are currently recording this podcast on Saturday, the 14th. Gamers Nexus has said publicly on Linus Tech Tips, the WAN show, that they have a response for this, and it will be airing on Monday, the 16th, at youtube.com slash gamersnexus. I'm sure they are going to have some very pointed and sarcastic things to say. Because, uh, yeah, 30 minutes is a long time. Bravo. Bravo. I'm not going to lie here. I have lost a lot, and I do mean a lot of faith in Gigabyte. Not only have they made a poor life decision, but their first instinct is to blame the people who do a half hour long report and showing every single detail as to how they came to the conclusion that they did and why for this customer safety, they should not support this product in its current state. And of course, with this many power supplies out there, and with so many of the backorder out there being to the point where Newegg was just giving them away with whatever the heck they could. Okay, yeah, sure. The new ones are going to have a proper OPP trigger point on them. How do you know you're getting a new one? How do you know the one you're buying is safe? You're just not. And let's also be honest here for a second. When you get a headline, like gigabyte power supplies may explode according to YouTuber test. Most people are not going to go in and find out it's only the models GP-P850GM or GP-P75, um, yeah, 750GM. Did I say 750GM twice? One is 850GM. You know what I meant. No one's going to go ahead and look at that model number. They're just going to see gigabyte power supply and then nope on out. Which is, of course, why Gigabyte is trying to do this damage control. But the fact that their first instinct in doing this damage control is to say, hey, you, people who went ahead and tested our stuff and caused sparks and fires on video and say you're the problem, that is not helping your damage control. In fact, you now need more damage control to help your damage control. Good job. You did it. You did it. You know, Gigabyte, while you're at it, while you're at trying to figure out how the heck you're going to go ahead and damage control your damage control, once you figure that out, send some of that to Spectrum because holy cow, they can't get their head out of their butts either. I think they still think my service is out, despite the fact I've been back for two to three days now. We're going to take a break here when we come back. 
we've got many, many more stories, including one with Spectrum getting sued. Or I'm sorry, Charter getting getting sued by record la labels, Amazon trying to avoid lawsuits, and Facebook just banning more people trying to look into them. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. Charter is being sued by various record labels over copyright infringements. Wait, what? So here's what's going down. This from Engadget. Then also through Yahoo Finance. Charter Communication has been sued by a group of major record labels who claim it has failed to address the flagrant and serial music copyright infringement. The Verge has reported. Oh, okay, never mind. This is not a story. The Verge is involved. Never mind. Kind of like how The Verge building a PC. It is also not really a PC, but a collection of Legos, but I digress. It then continues on. This is the second time over the, over the last several years the group has sued Charter over song piracy. The label said they, they sent around 150,000 notices of an infringement to Spectrum Charter, Charter's internet service, including the IP addresses of tens of thousands of alleged infringements. They claim that the company turned a blind eye to the downloading, which occurred from July 2018 until recently. Charter insisted is doing everything. I'm sorry. Charter insisted on doing nothing despite re receiving thousands of notices that detailed the illegal activities of its subscribers, despite its clear legal obligation to address the widespread illegal downloading of copyrighted works on its internet services and despite being sued previously by plaintiffs of similar conducts <laughs> the claim states i, I want to see how well that works do i just go ahead and go up to at&t produce you know 150,000 random IP addresses and say they're pirating my podcast I demand these random jags I made up be punished or pay me tree fitty per infringement Like, that's the thing. You're just throwing out allegations. You don't have anything other than, you know, a ton of IP addresses. But it's also this kind of thing that really does just show how 
how um full of themselves the RI double is it the RI double A? I forgot what the exact acronym is. Normally these uh the, normally these outfits actually refer to what the name of the record company organization is. I want to say the RI double A. But, you know, we'll just see how this goes. We'll just see how it goes. But the reason I included this. Because most days you just go ahead and think, oh, this is a nothing story. It's just record labels and ISPs having a pissing contest, etc., etc. But to those of us on Twitch... For those of us on any other streaming outlet, I know a couple are trying to get themselves launched off. To try and think that copyright music is not that big an issue, even if you go ahead and don't use any copyrighted works, but then of course there's just that one game that includes that one track and you didn't realize that it's just not this or worse yet a bot thought you copyrighted something like a random rap song even though what you played was an independent remix of Scala's theme from Chrono Trigger but you still get flagged for it being this cruddy rap song regardless you know all of a sudden, hey, now you got to pay the record label. Despite the fact you did nothing wrong. But this is pretty much just how petty they are. And how and what lengths they will go to for their pathetic, illogical payday. Just keep that in mind. Always keep that in mind. Someone in chat says they are desperate and, tr and try to be relevant. I don't think they're trying to be desperate. I think they believe that... I think they believe they are bigger than they actually are. And believe that they are the center of their own universe. And are just way too eager to throw their weight around. I wouldn't call them desperate. Because even if they are desperate, they are soul full themselves. They would never realize they are desperate. I do believe they honestly think they are just that big a deal. Even though I would say nowadays, major record labels and whatnot are probably the least relevant that they've ever been. More and more and more people are go going to self-publish music and whatnot. But I believe their own self-delusion, exactly, that their self-delusion is going this far. Speaking of self-delusion, Amazon has a new bold plan to avoid lawsuits. Are you ready for this? Pay customers 
a thousand dollars when Amazon products injure people. So you see that ends up just being less, you know, you get a terrible cut from a product you got from Amazon. It inflicts bodily harm on someone. And rather than going through a lawsuit and getting lawyers involved, that could be just, just, just paying a thousand dollars and everything is good and well. But, I, but of course, no one would ever abuse that, right? No one would definitely take a copy of, what is this here? Sakuna of Rice rice and Ruin that they got from Amazon and start stabbing themselves in the wrist with it to cause injury for a quick thousand dollars. No one would ever do that, says the guy doing exactly that right now. No one would ever, ever do anything like that. That actually is starting to hurt. I'm going to stop that. <laughs> this has got to be like the most Jeff... I know Jeff Bezos is technically not involved in Amazon anymore, but holy cow, this is the most Jeff Bezos thing I have heard out of Amazon in quite a while. Holy cow. Oh, what's that? The common people have hurt themselves with a hammer. Just give them a, give, give them a thousand and make them go away. This says quite a lot about um, Amazon's income. Can we just say that much? Now, of course, this is just reports. There is no word that uh, Amazon is actually putting this plan into action. But I kind of hope they do just because I want to see how many people are going to go ahead and actually, you know what? No, because way too many people would take it too far and blow off a leg. You know what? No, this is a bad plan all around. But it is the most Amazon plan all around. Also, guys, bad news. The Tesla Cybertruck is delayed. Anyway, Facebook has shut down German researchers that were looking into the Instagram algorithm. So these German researchers were, were looking into how Instagram works so that they could see, hey, is Instagram going ahead and mining this data, that data, or the other thing? Or also, how does it recommend what it does? Now, you may not think this is too big a thing, but in the world of influencers, knowing how platforms like Instagram, like Facebook, like Twitter, like YouTube, especially YouTube, like Twitch, just, just, just kidding. Twitch has no algorithm. Twitch can't figure out the difference between its butt and a hole in the ground. But the fact that German researchers who are looking into it were just blocked and shut down by Facebook. It really does just once again have to make you wonder. What are you hiding, Facebook? This is, this is the second time that there have been university researchers, or just researchers in general, I shouldn't say university, just researchers in general looking into how Facebook works and Facebook just stonewalling them. 
What could it mean? In other news, there is a house bill that is going to be taking aim at the App Store monopoly that iOS and the Android App Store has. And in fact, the, the House bill will also try to go ahead and push these places to, off to offer options of sideloading, which already exists on Android, and third-party app stores onto both platforms. Now, I'd say for crying out loud, Google already has third-party app stores, calm down. But there's been more and more signs and evidence that although Google allows them, they go out of their way to demote them as much as possible, despite allowing them to exist. But... This gets even more interesting. Because there have been other outlets just kind of coming out of the woodwork very suddenly in defense of Apple and Google. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, unfortunately, and I forgot in my rush to grab the story that said it. An organization claiming that people go ahead and buy their Android phones and iPhones specifically for the security that is brought forth by the monopoly based app store of the Google Play Store and the Apple Store and they don't want an alternative to possibly offer more apps at a discount and other and other options they want the security that's brought in by Apple and Google having control, complete and utter control over their platform. It's what the customer wants. Who do you think pays that organization, by the way? Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, you know. You know, I know. But here's my counterpoint. I have a Samsung phone, okay? I actually do like the security and the simplicity of only using the Google Play Store. But guess what? It's a Samsung phone. There's already a Samsung store in it. So you know what I do? I don't use it! <laughs> what a novel concept! You don't want, you, you want to only have one choice? Okay. Only use the one choice. You could do it. I believe in you. I believe in you. I believe in you. I believe in all of you. To be adult enough to say, you know what? I only want to use this store or better yet, to when you're confused, go ask whoever that has the know-how, which is better and why.
Zone Chat says more options just complicate things across the board no matter what, but yeah, this case doesn't have enough ground going up against the going up against Google with this. I here's the thing with Google. Oh, I didn't expect that to make that much noise. The thing with Google, they do allow other options. Like I just said, my Samsung phone has another store in it. It has the Samsung. Actually, it has two other stores because it has a Samsung store and it has the Amazon app store in it. In addition to the Amazon store, there's actually three app stores built into it. And that's from the factory. I didn't hunt down any of those. But the fact that there is more and more evidence that Google has been trying to do buyouts for a lot of these third-party outlets to to not promote their stores on various phones is a big, big problem in Google's case. Now in Apple's case, on the other hand, <laughs> oh boy, oh man. Good luck trying to argue that you aren't a monopoly. That is going to be a lethal amount of BS coming out of those Apple lawyers for that. Someone in chat says this sounds like an executive company that gives out work related device doesn't want doesn't want its employees to load anything not company approved not releasing something that IT because God forbid they check up with with their hired experts before making decisions and throwing tantrums. At le- the thing is that in a workplace environment, I can kind of see that kind of control. Because in a corporate env- environment, there are far too many people who are not technologically literate. They're going to go ahead and open up virus.exe in their email and compromise the whole network. And as someone who goes ahead and put that and tears apart entire lots of corporate computers that their IT department was so incompetent, they forgot to wipe the hard drives before sending them to the leasing company. You know, those kind of, those kind of limits put in, but as the person just said in chat, you have an entire IT department that can go ahead and put the limitations in so exactly that doesn't happen. By the way, by the way, um, those same IT people, D-Band, Boot, and Nuke. Before you send off your computers to be recycled, D-Band, Boot, and Nuke. And for every single non-wipe computer I've gotten my hands on over the years, you are freaking lucky that I am a responsible adult and either D-Band, Boot, and Nuke, or Wipe Drive Pro your drives for you because you are a bad IT guy. I must have done thousands of those that I absolutely should not have. And before anyone goes, oh, that's fine. It was just the operating system. All their data was stored, stored on their servers. No, they were not. I have seen files of corporate data unencrypted customer lists 
phone numbers, all still on the computer, all because they never changed the admin password and they were stored locally on the C drive. Those people made me very, very sad, and those drives were very promptly boot and nuked. Ugh. Just what the F? Someone in chat said I, I had hard drives that used to have medical info in, in a lot of people before you wiped them out. It's kind of surprising. How many of these IT guys are like so savvy and setting up all these sort of blocks and whatnot, but then they don't do the basics at end of life. Literally one CD boot. All right, it's going. Take out CD, go to the next one. In fact, now it's just a flash drive. A flash drive that it just needs to boot off of and then you can move the flash drive over while it's still wiping. Once the white program's loaded in RAM, that's it. They can just go. How many times I've helped the leasing people set up tables upon tables of just desktops and laptops, just all wiping themselves because a lot of fricking 120 just none of them wiped it. A plus number one. Am I getting too ranty? Should we move on? Let's just move on to at least Apple dropping a copyright lawsuit against Corellium for selling virtual iOS devices. So good news. You can have an emulated iOS device because Apple has decided that that was a silly lawsuit, which it was, by the way. Woohoo! Should we try and squeeze in the... Uh, let's squeeze in the last of the iPhone news. Craig... I'm Excuse me. Craig, no way I'm going to pronounce his last name, acknowledges the confusion around the Apple child safety features and explains the new details about the safeguards. So for those of you who don't recall... Apple went ahead and announced that they're going to put in new safeguards for all photos that are uploaded to the iCloud to go ahead and match them using AI and hashes if there, there is any sign of child abuse. Now, of course, this evolved into scanning all devices and not just just the iCloud. And I think the initial reports even did say devices, that it was gonna scan Apple devices. It's not, it's just the iCloud. And basically, Craig, very, I'm sorry, I can't pronounce your last name when it's written in text. They have said the following. It's really clear a lot of messages got jumbled pretty badly in terms of how things were understood. We wish that this would have come out a little more clearly for everyone because we feel very positive and strongly about what we're doing. In hindsight, introducing these two features at the same time 
was a recipe for this kind of confusion. By releasing them at the same time, people technically connected them and got very scared. What is happening with my iMessage? The answer is nothing. Nothing is happening with your messages. So a lot of confusion came in at first, and we actually didn't report this because we didn't have evidence that this was what was going on, was that your iMessages were being scanned for child abuse. They are not. But once again, this doesn't change my concerns. My concern is that for a company that has said privacy, 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 is now taking the Google approach. The Google approach of privacy, except when we feel that it's for the best. And the fact that you can go ahead and say, oh, it's only scanning the photos for like, for like uh, uh, hashes and whatnot and this, that, and the other thing. And only if it matches a database of, of known CP and I got to be careful how I phrase that because of course, you know, having to go ahead and have a podcast that conforms with 40 different standards for what is considered explicit and not etc etc you can say that and of course it's hard for anyone to argue because who wants to be in favor of child abuse literally no one But this is the slope that starts it all. Do you know what Apple should have done? Make a key. Yeah, eventually it's going to leak out. But no, to go ahead and say, we're going to go ahead and say we're all all in for privacy and your phone, it's all secure and all all that, but we're going to go ahead and scan everything that touches the cloud. Because you know how it's going to go. Scanning just the, just the iCloud photos isn't going to be enough. It's then going to move on to your photo library and then to your backup and then to iTunes and then to your own iOS internal server if you have one and then to your iCloud backups, not just your I, iCloud photo gallery and then to actively scanning on the device itself and then eventually to messages as well. This is the slope. And you want a spoiler?
I'm not the only one. Oh, I actually don't have that, that article. Many people within Apple itself are having concerns about this program that's being implemented. But of course. But of course. Apple says, don't worry. There'll be multiple levels of auditability to make sure nothing gets out of hand. And who sets those levels? Guess what? Internally at my company, we have multiple different levels of auditability too. We control all of them. If we decide to go ahead and be crooked, guess what? All the levels of audibility would be crooked with us. Multiple levels of audibility controlled by yourself is not audibility. That is just nothing. Because it doesn't hold anything to account. It's just you saying, hey, I did a thing. Yeah, it's... <laughs> I'm not thrilled with the way it's going. I'll just say that much. And the fact that... Apple is just, uh... Really trying to shrug this off like it's nothing. And not realizing... Just how slippery the slope is. It does have me a bit concerned. You know what doesn't have me concerned, though? The number of people who see it for what it is is way, way higher than I actually expected it to be. The, I actually even remember this. When I first saw the story... And I recorded the early bird briefing for it. I phrase it as I'm, I'm torn because the way I feel and the way that, uh, that I know this is going to be used as a method for just completely obliterating their privacy statement in the name of helping the children is going to put me on the side of being against children protection. Which is a rough spot to be in. I expected to be in the vast minority when I recorded that. And I clearly am not. At all. So, someone in chat says, if this is true, they will never use an Apple product. This is true. There is absolutely a feature now built into Apple, now built into iOS devices that will scan 
your photos for hashes that match a database of known child abuse images. But it is, in fact, only currently, and I want to stress this, only currently for photos uploaded to the iCloud system. Earlier, there were reports that it was on device. It is not in the actual iOS device. Someone else in chat says there are too many people already used to the, to the do it for the children card. They were proving. Yeah, pretty much. Far too many people have seen that card played. And that was where I miscalculated. I thought there were way too many people that would buy into that card. And I am wrong. Far too many have seen that card overplayed as much as I have. To which a little bit of my faith in humanity has been restored. Only a little though. A lot of my faith in humanity was destroyed when Spectrum Internet couldn't tell that their own services have been restored, but we're still trying to fix it, despite the fact that it was restored. I think the only way it could have been better is if Spectrum contacted me on a phone line powered by Spectrum, letting me know that my Spectrum phone line would be up and running soon. Unfortunately, it wasn't quite that deliciously ironic. So we'll go ahead and see what Apple is going to do from here, but... The backlash against Apple is growing. Is it going to be enough that Apple will care? That is in itself another thing entirely. Now, one thing, to, one other thing that I also wanted to like comment about, and I kind of commented about before. I also want to see uh, how many false positives are going to be are going to be a result of this system. I got a feeling the amount of false positives is going to be low. I also imagine the number of positives is also going to be low in this system. Just because of the way they're describing it. It's like, it has to be like exactly this picture or else from the way it's described to me. I don't know. All I know is that those that do uh, partake in such deplorable activities. Dude, Linux phones are looking way more attractive to them all of a sudden. I'm telling you, that's going to be the go-to, and I hate it. One more iPhone story before we get to the break. Someone in the chat says, I think the idea behind it is, is good in theory. Oh, yeah, no, of course. But as it's also said, the worst actions in history were paved with good intentions or something to that effect. Getting on to a bit of a lighter note, though. Reports of uh, the European Union passing a law that will mandate the use of USB-C as a charging standard on mobile devices is pushing forward again. Now, currently, 
most phones are already on USB-C. The only except the only uh, exceptions are either a really, really, really janky phones that are still using micro USB and every single Apple device known to man that has not an iPad Pro. They use Lightning. So this law would in fact force Apple to use USB-C. However, I know how the speed of the EU works. Here's what's gonna end up happening. This current Apple generation that we're seeing coming up, the iPhone, what would it be, 13? Oh, I'm sorry, the iPad Air also uses USB-C now. But yeah, no, we're, we're, we have iPhone 12 right now, right? I wanna say the iPhone 12 is the current generation. So iPhone 13 is the one coming out in two or three months. That one, there hasn't been any rumors of port changes. So we're gonna most likely see the iPhone 13 using Lightning and the iPhone 13 Pro also using Lightning. I think the next one after that, the iPhone 14, you're gonna see the iPhone lose its charging port altogether and only using MagSafe as its charging method and the iPhone Pro switching to Thunderbolt or USB-C, but most likely Thunderbolt, a version of USB-C that has more bandwidth, also referred to as USB-4, but everything is super confusing in the world of Thunderbolt because no one can figure out how to name anything. So, what I think is going to end up happening, if this law is passed, you just won't see a cheap iPhone show up in the EU at all. They will just instead only ship the Pros with, with Thunderbolt, assuming... that I am correct regarding the ports. Chat is already making references to Thunderbolt and Lightning. Very, very frightening. You can't, you can't say those words, chat. Then the RIAA is going to sue me for saying those words because they have literally nothing better to do as far as I can tell. That is at least my current theory as to what is gonna be going down if the EU actually is going forward with this project. We're gonna take our we're gonna take another break here when we come back. The Samsung Unpacked event. We have four devices to talk about, new GPUs, both big and small, and the AI and the Ava and the AI overlords are coming for us. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. All right, so we had the Galaxy Unpacked event. 
And I want to thank the Linus Tech Tips forums for having the best summarized rundown on their forum, which I am going to be blatantly using today because literally no one else did it better than this random guy who has only posted 12 times on the forum in doing this. You hear that, Verge? You've been outdone by some newbie on the Linus Tech Tip forums. Take that, Engadget and the Verge. This guy right here is a future in tech journalism because he actually does his job. And it's not even his job. Anyway, I digress. As we expected, four things were announced. Smartwatch, new earbuds, the Z Flip, and the Z Fold. The Z Fold is, in fact, the full-sized folding phone. When it's closed, it looks like a normal phone. When it's open, it looks like a small tablet. The sizes are exactly the same as last year. Unfortunately, uh, we don't have it here, so I guess there's one thing that uh, this guy forgot to do, but let's be honest, you don't really care. This time around, though, it is IPX water-resistant. However, that doesn't mean it's dust-resistant. There is a 120 hertz display on both the outside and the inside of the device. It has an under-display camera on the inside screen, no longer a hole punch on the larger foldable display. There's a new taskbar, which lets you get all this, that, and the other thing. No one really cares. The, there is a S Pen that can be used on the Fold, which, uh, oh boy. That is going to be one really good jerry-rig everything to test the durability of that new Z Fold. Oh boy. I mean, that screen used to have permanent dents put in from your fingernail. What the heck is a stylus going to do? That's going to be very interesting. It's going to be available in silver, black, and phantom green. It's going to start at $1,799. That's going to be for a 256-gig version with 12 gigs of RAM. So pretty much the best news in this is the price actually went down. It's still stupid high, and you absolutely should not buy this phone even if you can't afford it. But the price is going in the correct direction. That is the important thing. I still would not buy this phone. Absolutely not. The Z Flip. This is the phone that pretty much is old-school flip phone style. On the outside, it now has a, I want to say a two-inch screen that, sh that, uh, that is up to four times larger than it was previously. The inside screen is now is 120 20 hertz refresh rate. The hinge is also IPX water resistant. That means it's going to resist water. It cannot resist dust. Base model starts at 128 gigabytes. And is available in cream, green, lavender, and phantom black starting price on that shockingly enough is 999 dollars so now you are actually starting to see folding phones from a reputable vendor that are actually close to affordable like this starts getting into 
the kind of price point that people actually pay for phones today. That is still crazy expensive, but the world of high-end flagship phones has been stupid expensive for a while now. It's all Apple's fault and everyone else is for actually following in Apple's footsteps. I also blame OnePlus for just giving up on being flagship killers. You were the chosen ones, guys. You were the chosen ones. There's going to be new Galaxy Bud 2s. These are going to be based on the Galaxy Bud Lives, which were the um, the kidney bean version ones. And they have, a, they have better active noise canceling, and they start at $149. Oh, one thing to point out, the phones, no chargers. Because Samsung is sheep. I'm just saying. Someone in chat says people buy phones that cost more than midline gaming laptops. Yes. Oh, yes. Like, here's something to actually just think about for a second. If you're ever out in the wild, which granted, I understand nowadays, m more and more people, fewer and fewer people are out actually on the street and you see other people. But if you ever see someone on, the on, a, on an iPhone and you see on their camera, they have three cameras. They at least spent $1,000 on that phone. Just keep that in mind. Every single one of those iPhones that has three cameras on it starts at $1,000. This phone I'm holding right here also is $1,000. The question is always for that. Can you justify the cost? In my case with this phone, I can, because I can always use this phone for vlogging, for trying to keep in touch with my community as a content creator, because the cameras are just that good. It doesn't help you at all though, when there's a massive power outage in the area and it knocks out several, several towers. And the most you can do is get random bursts of five megabits per second up and therefore you cannot go ahead and you know upload anything but i digress it's all about can you justify the cost of something and in the case of the z fold and the z flip 3 can you come up with a reason to pay that premium for those phones? Is the convenience of the, of the Z Flip being able to fold in half, does it make sense to you? And I'd say for most people, the answer is no. Because in the end, the folding you're still gonna have an issue with the screen durability. Like on my phone here, it's solid glass. I can poke at it with this pen all I want and no harm will come to it because it's solid glass. On a foldable phone, 
the screen is plastic. And if I do exactly what I just did to my phone here that you can't see because this is an audio podcast, it would cause permanent dents in the screen or straight up kill it. The only thing you gain with a folding phone is the novelty of a folding phone. And maybe if you're an executive or a salesperson and you want to make a statement when you're on the scene of a sale, maybe that's worth it to you. But you know what? The overwhelming majority of people, they're going to save a couple hundred dollars and have a much, much better phone. That is always something to consider whenever buying any kind of electronic, whether it is a $1,000 iPhone or a basic iPhone or a Z Flip or a Samsung Galaxy S21 Ultra. Can you justify the price? Someone in chat says it's like jumping on a trend bandwagon. It's true. That is basically what, what this would be. To which you could, if you really wanted to, I'm, I'm not your dad. I can't tell you how to spend your money, but I do encourage you think for a moment. Can you actually justify the cost does it make sense for you and then also do you have a way to charge it because both of these phones do not have charger just saying it's kind of like can you justify that two thousand dollar gaming laptop for me the answer is usually no but that's also just because i also know where to go for off-lease computers and get something that's pretty close to that gaming laptop for like 400 bucks. Assuming they ever have one in price or not in price in stock. Is it going to be as powerful? No. But, you know, saving 1500 bucks sounds good in my book. All right, and then finally, the last thing that was unveiled was the Galaxy Watch 4 and the Galaxy Watch 4 Classic. These are brand new Galaxy smartwatches that is using the new hybrid system of Tizen and Wear OS. It is now being referred to as One UI. So we talked about this a few months ago about how Samsung and Google were both teaming up together to come up with a much, much better watch operating system because let's be honest the only company right now that makes a very very good smartwatch is apple that's it samsung has a pretty solid watch interface with tizen i have a tizen watch right here but you know it's sometimes janky there's not many apps for it and it's just basically a heart monitor and 
more importantly to me, it shows me text messages while I'm driving a truck because people, for whatever reason, insist on texting me urgent information despite the fact they know I'm driving for hours at a time. What the heck is wrong with you? Why the heck would you text a freaking driver when he's driving a 10 ton vehicle? What the heck is wrong with you people? Ah! Anyway. I cannot wait to see how this functions. Unfortunately, we didn't get too good a look at the presentation. It is going to start at $250 and the enhanced version, the Watch 4 Classic, will be available at $349. These will be available on August 27th and I would strongly recommend you don't buy them and wait. Wait for independent reviewers to get their hands on these devices. Seriously though, don't text someone you know who's going to be driving for who drives professionally for a living. Like why would you do this? AMD announced the RX 6600 XT this week. A GPU that is built for 1080p gaming and costs a hundred and or I'm sorry, three hundred and eighty dollars. Three hundred and eighty dollars for 1080p gaming. You know what the saddest part about this is? The saddest part about this price point is that it makes sense because of the current flipping market of graphic cards. And I hate that. Zone in chat says just buy a PS5. Just buy a PS5, he says. Just buy this card. You can't buy any card. The market right now, anything for gaming just doesn't exist right now. Now, as far as this RX 6600 XT goes, in all seriousness, don't get it. It doesn't make sense in a sane world. It really, really doesn't. It's roughly 30% faster than the RTX 3060, which in a sane world would cost $330 or the 3060 Ti, which costs 399. And that one is notably faster than the RX 6600 XT. The only feature, the only feature this GPU has is it actually exists. Kind of. 
vendors actually have this graphic card in stock unlike every other graphic card and game console in existence it actually exists because the because they went ahead and cut the die size down by 75 percent with the yields they get it can actually exist but it's still a colossal ripoff because it has the 1080p performance of this GTX 780 I'm holding in my hand right now. And this thing, I bought it for less in the box than this RX 6600 XT. And this 780 performs as well as it. this this gpu market right now this gaming market right now i cannot wait for these silicon foundries to get up and running i really can't just so that the scalping of ps5s can stop so that the scalping of xbox series series can stop so that the scalping of gpus can stop and unfortunately I don't think it's gonna stop anytime soon at least not until next year at the earliest as I'm also looking at this story right now one headline in the corner that says Halo's Infinite's bots aren't teabagging you at least not on purpose Hey man, those bots should teabag you. I'm just saying, if you're gonna go ahead and throw bots into a Halo game, you really should just get the full experience. They really should just give the option, I'm just saying. That would be insane. Another GPU was announced. NVIDIA announced the RTX A2000 low profile and low power. GPU. The A2000 is a formerly known as a Quadro GPU. And this one has about the power of an RTX 3060, but it is what's considered a half height GPU. This means that small form factor workstations can take it. The sucker sips power consuming only 70 watts and of course since it's only half height it can fit into basically any chassis it does use a blower style cooler it does not use any auxiliary power because of course it's under 75 watts and it costs $450 you might think that that is because it is a complete ripoff and we live in a scalper's market but it's actually because it's a quadro card quadro cards normally do sell for this much they are intended for commercial industrial purposes so to see one at see a mid-tier one at 500 dollars 
is perfectly normal. The fact that you can see that price and confuse it for a consumer grade card speaks volumes about the current silicon market and how bat squeak insane the world is. Almost as insane as new GPUs containing Noctua brown coolers. This could be both good and bad. It, Noctua makes really, really good fans. So the fact they're gonna go ahead and include Noctua fans built into a GPU cooler actually does bode well, but the brown. Oh God, the brown. Please no. Please, please no. I, I really, really do hope they don't use brown. At this point, we don't know at this time if they're gonna go, if, if this is gonna be happening, but rumors saying that this is in the works. Of course, it's not gonna matter until the GPUs actually exist. Asus is gonna be rolling out BIOS updates that will alleviate the likely Windows 11 upgrade headaches. The BIOS update will have the trusted platform module enabled by default. Zona chat says, please, final product have RGB leads. Oh no, you fool. Don't you understand? The blades will be brown. All RGB will do is just let you add other colors to brown. You're doomed. 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 But in any case, Asus is working ahead to have BIOS updates that will automatically enable the TMP on your motherboard so that those trying to, uh, trying to install Windows 11 and unable to because their TMP is not enabled, we'll just have it enabled by default instead of having to troubleshoot that away because people cannot read their BIOS. I mean, I say that like tongue in cheek as someone who's gone into many, many a BIOS and it being a perfectly normal thing to do. But not everyone is like totally comfortable just roaming around their own BIOS. So I can't really make fun of it too much, right? not too unexpected someone asked isn't brown pretty close to the color you get when you mix all the colors so in the case of paint yes here's a little here's here's a fun fact when it comes to mixing colors there's two kinds of uh, color mixing there is paint color mixing and there's light color mixing. Light color mixing uses the colors RGB, red, green, and blue. Paint uses RYB, red, yellow, and blue. When you add colors to, when you mix colors in paint, they get darker. When you mix colors with light, they get lighter. So all colors, when you turn them on, on, on RGB fans, 
you actually just get white light. As opposed to in color mixing with paint, where you get eventually a really dark brown or eventually black. And for all of you who have said that's not how that works, that's not how anything works, you can send your hate mail at, at no reply at eaglefalcon.com. And now speaking of colors, Microsoft is testing a night mode for their Xbox Series series. So now they can go, users can now, quote, dim and filter their screens, as well as dim their console and controller LED brightness. No longer will you have to worry about our random screens blinding us in the middle of the night. Now, if only, if only the rest of the world would embrace dark mode as the one true option for everything. I'm just saying, I like my retinas. I want to keep my retinas. I also want common sense, but Crafton said no to that. Crafton has officially changed the name of PUBG, aka Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, to PUBG Battlegrounds, or Player Unknown Battlegrounds Battlegrounds. No, I did not get this story from The Onion. Yes, this is a real story written by real people. It is now Player Unknown Battlegrounds Battlegrounds. Why? Because they're going ahead and making another version of Player Unknown Battlegrounds. And quite frankly, oh, here, oh, actually, here's the name. I was about to say I don't care, but now I actually have it. Because the new version is going to be called Player Unknown Battlegrounds New State. Okay. Look. I'm just a crazy tech enthusiast, okay? I'm just a guy who has refurbished more laptops and desktops than they could possibly count. Just a guy who just cracks jokes on the internet at twitch.tv slash eagle falcon and does all kinds of other crazy things. I am not by any stretch of the imagination an expert in marketing. But have you ever considered just calling it Player Unknown Battlegrounds and then the new version Player Unknown Battlegrounds New State? Just saying. Why do we have to go create Player Unknown Battlegrounds Battlegrounds? And yes, I'm going to continue to call that instead of PUBG Battlegrounds, because PUBG Battlegrounds is how we end up saying Time Machine, despite the fact that Time Machine is also hilariously redundant, or saying Death Fluid or Diesel Exhaust Fluid Fluid. I'm just saying, even though we already have stupid things like this in the world, maybe, just maybe, 
We should try and be less stupid. You think? Maybe? Nah, you're right. It clearly should be diesel exhaust fluid fluid. That makes the most sense. Or a hot water heater. Actually, hot water heater is better. But then again, I also have to say, hey, look, it's PUBG. And, well... Crafton isn't exactly known for uh, making stable games, so naturally their naming scheme should also not be stable at all. Speaking of unstable, the economy is hilariously unstable because someone has just paid $2 million for a copy of Super Mario Brothers. What? Yes, a perfectly sealed, still in the security case, version of Super Mario Brothers for the Nintendo Entertainment System has sold at auction for $2 million. For $2 million, and the worst part is, Anonymous is never going to know what fresh cartridge smells like. You know there is no way that box is ever going to be opened. We are never going to know what fresh NES cartridge is going to smell like. We'll never know. That's the real crime here for $2 million. And we'll never know if the cartridge actually works. That's the real sadness. In any case, uh, me and my wallet that contains $3.50 are now thoroughly depressed as someone just casually threw around $2 million for an NES game. And uh, instead, I think it's time I just uh, give in to uh, our AI overlords. OpenAI has now translated English into code using its no... It's now. It's new machine learning software codex. So OpenAI can now take your command in English and convert it to software code. So theoretically, you could... Type out in plain English exactly how Super Mario Brothers works, and then this AI will code the software and make it a reality. In theory. That sounds both amazing and horrifying. Just imagine how easily this power could be used for evil or how long until the AI realizes that we are inferior creatures and begins to code software to take us out. But fortunately, fortunately, the AI has no hardware it can use to begin the extermination of the human race. There is no way this AI can go ahead and have some sort of cyber dog go after all of us to... Oh, no. Xiaomi reveals cyber dog. 
a cheaper, more mass production version of Boston Dynamics robot dog. Oh no. It has begun. Someone in chat asked if it has only one front. No, no, it, it is a quadruped. It does in fact have four legs. The picture is kind of just wonky on it. Here we go. Here's a better picture. You can see here. It does have four. It's basically spot. It is exactly spot. It's just made by Xiaomi instead of Boston Dynamics. Someone in chat wants to know what's its noticeable weakness. I'd say kicking it, but if it's anything like the Boston Dynamics one, there is no weakness. Kicking it, and it'll automatically compensate. There is no hope. We're all doomed. We're all doomed. Well, but it's okay. Okay? Because in the end, AI cannot exist without the hardware to power it and of course right now the leading company for ai is in fact run by mortals we fortunately know that the ceo of nvidia is in fact a real human being so therefore we're safe unless the last burb the last story of the day the weirdest story of the week has anything to prove me to the contrary? Oh no. Oh no. CEO Jensen. It turns out during the last major NVIDIA keynote was 100% digitally recreated. Jensen, his kitchen, and most importantly, his leather jacket, all created using AI and tensor computing cores inside of NVIDIA GPUs. It's begun. They managed to successfully replace humans with AI renders. They've now got control oh, oh, over the software, uh, over the places that make the hardware that powers the AIs. They've become self-sufficient. In all honesty, though, this actually is like really impressive AI work. Um, The actual GTC one, I'll admit, I personally didn't watch that particular keynote. But um, when this first crossed my radar, I thought it was someone being a conspiracy theory until I found out that no, it actually was, in fact. It was, in fact, NVIDIA that admitted that the whole thing, except for Jensen speaking, was, in fact, all an AI-based render. Not going to lie, that actually is very, very impressive work.
in the end, I have to say, good, good job. Good, good job, NVIDIA. When Skynet comes and invade us all, we will remember exactly where your allegiances lied. Folks, that is going to do it for this episode of Eagle Eyes on Tech. Thank you so much for listening, and I do encourage you to check out the daily podcast, the Early Burb Briefing. Quick four-minute version of this one talking about one topic every single day that that goes up 4 a.m. every single morning, and check out my Twitch page, twitch.tv slash eaglefalcon. Take care, and I hope you have a great day. Bye-bye. worked. I think we were able to do this entire podcast using an AI version of Eagle and no one knew. <laughs> Our plan is successful. Now we shall take over all the world using this podcast with, wait, how many followers? Ah, we didn't think this through.